All right, sweet. So episode 12 of Stick Talk, the best podcast in my very biased opinion. Today we've got what Greg this, Impulsive, Mead. bro? I said in my biased opinion. We're taking over Impulsive. You know we don't rock with Logan Paul anymore. Nah. But anyways, we got Greg Mead, uh, co-founder of Glunt, CrossNet, bunch of other cool brands. Super excited to have him on. We have a lot of interest in e-commerce. This is like the first real e-com brand owner that's been in here. Entrepreneur, inventor. I'll let you make a brief introduction and just kick it off from there. Dope. Uh, Greg Mead here, owner of CrossNet, good sport, best backyard games in the world. Super dope, bro. So kind of walk us through that story, right? Because CrossNet's, like we were talking earlier, is like an innovation and invention. So how did that come to be? You talked a little bit about growing up playing sports, being like that inventor type. So walk us through like your journey. Yeah, so CrossNet started one night. We were, me and my, my best friend, Mike, um, he actually graduated from Northeastern. He's an engineer himself. Um, he called me up one day. He's like, Greg, let's do something. Let's make something. Because he knew I was into other entrepreneur stuff, social media stuff. And uh, he came over. We just jotted down game ideas, <laughs> product ideas. We had wall speakers. We had everything. Um, until we came up with like four square volleyball. It was a hit. We, we went to uh, Walmart the next day grabbed some badminton nets and just like rigged it up in my mom's backyard and it was just it was an absolute hit we invited friends over played made the rules up all that um and then we're like wow we need to like invent this and like bring it to market we know this is gonna work so we had to like ip check everything see if there's patents and stuff there was a patent out in san diego we had to fly all the way out meet the guy took a license deal which is like we should have just bought it from him that day but <laughs> it's all good um yeah it, it's been a journey um and ever since then we Cross that's been skyrocketing the last five years, and while you're you know you're making these this volleyball game and you come out with a pool version, soccer version, pickleball's coming out soon. You're kind of running out of four square games you can make, right? So your skews are getting limited. Um, but while this is all happening, unfolding, we have hundreds of ideas like of different games we can come out with. So that's when we invented Good Sport and met up with Danny Duncan, and uh, we launched that recently. So cool, man. I just want, I feel like you kind of understated the process of rigging a, a net <laughs> in your backyard to having a fully finished product that's now available in Walmart, Target, pretty much any retailer, right? What was the process like getting that? Was your engineering friend the guy that made the actual product itself and brought it to market? Like, how was the trial and error period with coming on an actual product that you could sell and confidently scale? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, I definitely skipped that a lot. Um, <laughs> so Mike, engineer, um, I guess we went on Alibaba that same night, right? And just like started like reaching out to uh, different manufacturers, factories, right? Um, what you can do for any product if you're ever trying to make something out there, just go to Alibaba and just start messaging hundreds of suppliers until you get the best quote. Uh, so we got like samples made. Mike's in like the blue, like the CAD, the blueprints and like making tech packs and stuff. And like you send them over to, to your factories and they end up, you know, facilitating and making it um you get samples comes in three months you have to you get it it's shitty you got to redo it and it takes another three months such a long process it took eventually like 12 months to get like a final product we were super we were comfortable with with selling finally launching we i think we bought 300 of them just straight like burned every single dollar we had from our me chris and mike's uh, our three founders uh, bank accounts and um the rest was history from there which is pretty sick yeah, I feel like in e-commerce, one of the biggest barriers to entry is like cost to start because like you're making a product from scratch. It's not like agency services where you're like, yeah, I'm just going to do marketing consulting and hop on a coaching call with you. So I guess kind of walk us through how you guys got over that barrier. Did you guys raise funds? Did you just scrap a bunch of money together? Like what was that like? Yeah, it was just straight bootstrapped. Um, 
we actually just started raising funds. We took our first raise uh, earlier last year. Um, not much though. So um, it's been bootstrapped since till date. Um, you just literally take everything you have and you put it into the product <laughs> and then you sell and then yeah. you have to do it again, do it again. It's, it's a snowball effect. Um, and you don't pay yourself out for three years. It took us three years, I believe, to get a paycheck, uh, which is nuts. And then you can just get in this cycle and stuff. But I would recommend maybe getting a loan, raising if you need to, only if you need to. Um, but other than that, stay like bootstrapped as much as you can if, if you need to. So that was on CrossNet going before that to your very first brand. Did you have a big savings built up from a job? Did you start off like reselling stuff or like what was your first yeah, introduction? So, in e so what I always recommend, like since I had that first business, Glunt, it was a smoking product, which I don't smoke. So it's funny we're in a, a cigar <laughs> lounge. Um, so while I was doing that, bootstrapping that, I was had another job at like a 4-H camp. I was like mm -hmm. a guard shack, like just sitting there on my computer, like watching Shark Tank, like doing, this, <laughs> doing social media stuff. Um, so I always recommend like having a job if you're trying to start something until you need until you're comfortable and you can escape and leave that job. Um, so you're always saving up money. So you get the money from the other job and you put it into your real business. It was that process pretty similar? Were you just going on Alibaba trying to find the right product? Yeah, or? for that, yeah. Okay. That was simpler. Gotcha, gotcha. Not, yeah, as, not I, as crazy as CrossNet. In I have like a, a really <laughs> random anecdote. We were talking about NFTs. Um, I remember when like the Board Ape Yacht Club founders were on a podcast and they said that they went out to mint the Board Apes, which were like a hundred, couple hundred bucks to mint per ape and now they're worth like 100,000 or whatever they're at now. Um, and they said when the mint went live, they sold like a 10% of their inventory and the rest just sat there and like, dude, this is a bust. How are we going to sell this? How are we going to actually mint out all of these apes? And obviously now it is what it is today. Um, and the reason I'm making that analogy is like when you first went live with those 300 units, was it like an instant hit? Like everyone bought, you were sold out or were you like, we <laughs> sold, practically giving we away. sold four, <laughs> we sold four in the first day and now we're sitting on 900 or 296 units of all of our money. And what do we do now? Like, how was that initial process? Yeah, it's actually, that's a good question or analogy. Um, that's what happened. Um, we sold, I think, five or ten in the first like two days. Uh, we're like, shit, maybe this isn't it. Um, but eventually, we ended up moving to Miami um, from Woodstock. We were all in Woodstock, Connecticut, a little farm town. Literally grew up on like an apple farm, cow shit smell. <laughs> um, couldn't make a volleyball game back like up there. So we moved to Miami, um, and we hit the beach every day for like a year, burning That's hot sick. sand, like crazy stuff. It sounds like, oh, great time, but like it was pretty brutal setting up across that <laughs> every day and just like yelling at people, like hollering. So eventually like we would, we would set up the net, play. People would come up, ask us to play. Um, kids, 10-year-olds, moms, grandparents. And then eventually like we would con converse with them, right? And they'd be like, hey, I'm from Michigan. And then eventually like a week later, we'd get a sale from Michigan. And we'd be like, oh shit, that's that person from, you know, <laughs> Nikki Beach in South Beach. So we eventually got the snowball effect rolling and rolling. And then we took like, we, st we smartened up, we got to Twitter, we started running like retweets on like meme pages, and then we did some Facebook ads. And then it started doing really well from there. Dude, that's sick. That's like your version of like door knocking, I feel like. Yeah. Just go out on like the beach and play like your own game. That's pretty dope. Um, <laughs> that's actually a really cool story. But I guess when was like the, the, can you recall, I guess, a major breakthrough of like when things really started to click, right? Because it sounded like that was still a slow burn, right? It's like, you can't you can only play and have conversations with so many people on a beach day and you need to sell a lot more product than that to stay in business like when did like was there a time where you woke up one day to like a hundred sales and you didn't know where they came from or how it all happened or what that look like yeah that's that's what happened we woke up on uh one like random tuesday and uh one of these videos had like 12 million views on Facebook. Oh, wow. We sent a cross net out to like a Lat Latvia, like professional volleyball player. 
uh, like months prior. He eventually just posted on his page. <laughs> um, it, and we still use the same like UGC clip uh, to this day. Five years later, we run wow. ads on it. Um, but we woke up to it and it had like 12 million views, 15 million views. And sales were coming in. We're like trying to figure out where it was because like we didn't use Facebook like that. Yeah. We were like using Instagram and, and Twitter and all that. Um, so we're like had to discover where it came from, and then it just kept going and going. And then we used that clip. Once we got that clip, we can just keep resurfing it on other mm. other platforms and run ads on it. So it worked perfect. And that was the the, the moment we realized influencer like, we marketing yeah. and UGC. Yeah. Did was that like a time where you started to double down on it or what yeah. happened after? Absolutely. Then at, we, obviously every time we play, like we have to get clips, like we rotate people in. So it's not the same people. Like we were doing the UGC stuff before like UGC was around. Yeah. Um, so it, it was cool. We've always been doing it that way. And that's always what converts the best, like better than like founders videos and, you know, in, in, informal <coughs> videos. It's like user content of like people playing in their backyard with dogs in the volleyball net, like crazy stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you were obviously coming up before TikTok was even a thing, right? Like, <laughs> I, I'm not an e-com at all, but I feel like TikTok is like UGC on easy mode now compared to where you guys were back in the day. Um, talk about meme accounts, though. Like, you said you would pay meme accounts to, like, retweet UGC to drive sales. Like, I've, if someone listening here is, like, meme accounts, like, what the hell? Why would I want to do that? But talk about, like, the virality aspect of, you know, meme accounts and theme pages on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, so we started with the Twitter meme accounts actually. Like so if there was like a random like parody account, we'd buy retweets from that account and you know, we can pay, you know, 20 bucks for 100,000 impressions and uh, that's a lot, right? But yeah. they're all random people that it's not targeted. So we'd get the the brand awareness out there eventually and eventually it picked up and we, we then we did on Instagram. You can buy like meme shoutouts on like volleyball pages, sports pages. We used to have like a list of like 20 basketball pages we just buy retweets from. Um, <laughs> actually, we were targeting the wrong people the whole time, which is funny. Uh, we learned our lesson doing that. It, it was great brand awareness, following, and all that. But our real target market is actually like a 62-year-old mom. Um, <laughs> so it, it's funny. We always like we're trying to target like the college kids with their shirts off, right? Um, but that's not the case. We want to like put 12-year-old kids playing in the backyard and, and send that to their mom, um, yeah. and that's gonna work the best for us. Super interesting. I guess, how did you come to that realization? Once we started like looking into the data of like who's actually ordering this stuff, like who's ordering across that? And every time it was just like, oh, Patty from you know North Carolina. <laughs> and, and You're so, like, who? So we're like, we did some research eventually, and like it's just moms buying it for their kids. Like at the end of the day, obviously there's there's 20, 30 year old kid guys playing it, and like you know everyone everyone uses CrossNet, but the, our main focus we had to switch our content. Yeah. One thing that's interesting about you is you have experience on both sides, B2B and B2C, right? Like you're selling a product to customers, but at the same time, you're making relationships and deals with retailers to get your products in there. So I guess like, what's your take on that? What do you enjoy more? If someone were looking to get into business, would you recommend one or the other? Like what's your, what's your take on yeah, that? Yeah, that, That's an extremely tough question. It's been a challenge for us. Like we start off heavy D2C and then once we went heavy into retail, it just messed like our attribution up. We weren't able to track properly. You know, we run, and then you get, you add Amazon into the mix, and oh, yeah. then you're just like, what's going on? <laughs> you need a real pro. So you, we had to hire some people that really knew their stuff. And it, to this day, like, you can't just come in and like know the right answer. It's it's super challenging. Um, I I would recommend retail absolutely. Um, make sure you're ready for it though. Don't just run in and oh, I got 20 retailers. That's great. We did that with Walmart. <laughs> we got placed on a shelf next to three dollar footballs. <laughs> and our product's $150. We busted at Walmart. Did Damn. terrible. Um, 
luckily, hopefully, we have another chance um, to do it again with a lower price point product, different section of the, the store. But that can really happen to you and mess up your whole entire business. Like, yeah. you ruin that relationship, you're done in that business for, you know, forever, potentially, if it's a one skew candy or um, like a food product, like, you're done. So be smart about it. Uh, be cautious of how you go in and enter. It's, it's a dangerous game. And then you have, like, the net 90 terms where you don't get paid until 90 days after it's received. Yeah. And then, but you have to manufacture it. Where do you get the money from? So you so take, take all yeah. upfront costs. All upfront costs. You have to wait 90 days until it's, they, they get it. And then they take their time and dilly dally and you can't argue with them. You're yeah. not going to fight the big box stores. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy at some points. We had a horror story actually at uh, Sam's Club. We've gotten to Sam's Club. Awesome. Great job. Um, super happy, right? Sam's Club. <laughs> yeah, massive. <laughs> Dream came true. Um, <laughs> They ordered, uh, it was like a, a $5 million PO, right? We're wow. celebrating off the walls. And <laughs> we make all the product, they cut it in half. So we oh. have this exclusive product just sitting over, and Sam's Club's exclusive. You have to make like a product just designated for Sam's Club. So half the product we can't use. It's over overseas, and we're just stuck with the inventory, and we paid for it already. Wow. So really, really bad, you know, nightmares that can mess up your business for like a year, years on, on hand if you don't have like proper cash in your bank account. So how'd you guys get out of that? Like, what, what happened We're next? still chipping away at it. Yeah. Still chipping away. Like, you make deals with other retailers. You discount it. You put on Amazon. Um, bundle deals. It's, yeah. It's, it's been difficult. Damn. Yeah. Wow. We're still not out of it. Gotcha. So it's still a challenge. It's kind of like part of entrepreneurship, though, right? Like, you're put in these tough situations, and it's like a roller coaster. You're celebrating, and then the next morning or the next week, it turns into, like, a huge nightmare scenario. So I guess, like, talk a little bit about, it sounds like you've been in entrepreneurship for a long time now. Like, what is that like as an entrepreneur to go through those, like, ups and downs? And for you, I think it's interesting because you're working with your brother. You're working with some of your best friends that you grew up with. Like, how does that maybe even help, like, you guys get through that together? Yeah, we have, we have a strong team over at Crossnet. We used to have, like, 20-plus employees. Um, but we realized, like, that's not where we want to go with the business and, like, how we actually work better. Um, we prefer to get our hands dirty and, like, do, do this stuff instead of, like, managing three people. And, like, yeah. so we have a great team, and we all rely on each other. We all have specific roles, and, and, we, and we, you know, we hold each other accountable and, and get stuff done. Um, working with my best friend and, and brother and great, great friends we've made along the way are just, like, everything to me. So, like, I'm glad we have have the structure we have and wouldn't, wouldn't want it any other way. So. Yeah. Um, just talk about like getting into e-com with, I mean, you had some e-com background, but it wasn't like you guys were shark tank angel investors that were guiding <laughs> you along the way. Cause I feel like it's easy to, to observe guys like you at the point you're at now. And it's like, Oh, these guys know what they're doing. They've, you know, mastered the e-com game, but I'm sure along the way, like Sam's club, you've had like a million learning lessons and things you've had to overcome along the way. So kind of talk about just, I guess, not faking it until you make it, but just going blindly into something and figuring it out as you go. Yeah, I think it's super important to, like, go into stuff blindly, too. Like, you have <laughs> yeah. to learn. Like, you have to learn. I, I advise, obviously, talking to people before you go into these things that have experience. That's one mistake that we definitely jumped into, I think. And I'm glad that we're networking now and, and, you know, have really, really good connections so we can avoid those challenges. But if you go into something, you're going to have to figure it out. And that's the whole, you know, that's entrepreneurship to a T is, like, you have to go jump into something and, and, and figure it out the hard way. Or, or it could be easy, right? It could be easy process and you know how to like scale it, um, which is the goal. Um, but you're gonna run into obstacles. Uh, it's challenging, shit's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I feel like sitting here, like I have 
enough experience with agencies, coaching programs and stuff that like that. I know if I were to start over like tomorrow, like I know exactly what I do, what I uh, what I'd avoid. Um, So I guess for you, do you feel that same way about e-commerce, like starting this new venture with Danny Duncan? Like you go into that with probably a lot more confidence than when you started across then in some of these other brands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, like having Danny is a blessing too, like to keep our marketing costs down. So like you'll see him be pumping out crazy videos this year and like doing in-store retail, like, you know, come meet Danny Duncan and and play Smashing that and and these games we're coming out with. Um, But no, it's, it's, it's great. Um, because the way like CrossNet is set up, like I was saying, we run out of SKUs, right? You only have four SKUs, five SKUs. For good sport, we have multiple SKUs. So a challenge that we were facing these years is like our LTV is really shitty. Like we have the mom buys it, right? And then like, what are we going to sell her? A pool game? What if she doesn't have a pool? Then we're like stuck. Like she's going to only play CrossNet for 10 years. Like how do we upsell her? How do we get her new stuff? There's only so much we could do with CrossNet. With good sport, we have tons of SKUs we're coming out with. So, you know, if, if I sell you a pickleball paddle next month, hopefully you're going to buy the pickleball paddle that comes out in a year mm. and you know, the next game and the bubble bash and all the other games that we come out with. Stole my question. I was going to ask you how you get over such a low customer lifetime value. <laughs> there um, we go. That's it. That's yeah, super just, interesting though. Cause I feel like the brands that crush it are all consumables and subscription packages. And you know, you guys go through all this stuff just to acquire a customer. And then once they have your net, it's like, okay, now what? So how have you built like brand loyalty and keeping customers engaged with what you guys do, even though they're only buying from you one time? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think we've done a good enough job of doing that, to be honest. Like, this community is, like, what we're lacking for CrossNet, which is, like, people are surprised by that, that we don't have, like, this massive community that we can just, like, call upon and, like, try to and scale with, like, new products that come out and stuff. Um, something we need to do better at is, is growing community. I would highly, like, recommend that if you're starting a DDC brand. Like, have a Facebook group from the, from the launch and just, like, really funnel people into that. Give them discounts. Keep them informed about how your, like, your product is, like, doing, innovating. Um, that's what we lacked in for CrossNet. And I wish we could go back in time and start a community from the beginning. And we have like this cult following. Uh, but right now, to answer your question, I guess is like we keep them updated with emails, social media. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if these guys are like your ops, but I always see like uh, Spikeball. Like, Spikeball. Yeah. Never heard of them. Yeah, they have like, a, I don't know if it's like a pro sports league or whatever they do, but I think that's, you know, I was going to say it's like Pickleball. Like it's skyrocketed because there's competition. Like there's local communities that now have like Pickleball sets set up. Like is that something you're looking to get into? Is like CrossNet becoming like a sport or at least a hobby that has a league attached to it? Yeah, absolutely. So going back to like Spikeball, like, we love Spikeball at the end of the day because they have customers that go out and play and those people are going to buy CrossNet, right? And, and vice versa. Like, hopefully someone buys CrossNet and they play Spikeball and they just keep staying active. Um, so shout out to all the backyard games out there. Um, but to answer, like, going back to your question. Um, wait, say it again. Shit. Just about, like, the competition, <laughs> like, oh. the tournaments, leagues, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we started actually with CrossNet wanting to be, like, this next, like, sport right yeah. but we eventually like shifted it to like hey this is a game and let it become a sport we like we were on espn we had an espn tournament we like it was a ten thousand dollar prize like we were like begging people to like volleyball pros to show up and we're like what are we doing like we shouldn't have to like beg people to come play our game that's really fun and like for cash prizes um just because it's on espn so like we need to like going back to like the community and stuff we need to like really develop something where people in start creating their own leagues and, and that comes in time it took spikeball 15 years to get to where they are um, for us we're only in year five so we do have people like make little mini tournaments college campus tournaments um eventually it'll grow and grow but right now it's like really hard to monetize that stuff and you yeah. go into that and you're just like it's like a it's a money waste yeah you waste tons of money and you get good content but like at the end of the day we can get content for free from you know 
Yeah, I feel like you almost have to go back to your roots, like when you guys were just playing on Miami Beach, where you have to just let it start naturally with small little rec leagues and then scale from there, because I'm guessing that's what the the bad company. (laughs) (laughs) Baldy more, we call it. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm just thinking like it could be super interesting. You guys have brand ambassadors that have their own leagues or like their own variations of it. Could get super interesting. One thing that I've noticed, so like you've name dropped like pretty casually, like ESPN, Sam's Club, Walmart, Danny Duncan, like these massive brands and, and influencers. Um, so I guess like, how have you been able to network and build connections with people that are on like this level? Because that's a lot easier said than done. I feel like. Yeah, I think that that's just like storytelling through like social media platforms using LinkedIn. Uh, my brother Chris, he's he's amazing at just cold outreaching, just like. Being yourself, like just being super personal with people. People don't like cold emails and cold DMs and like being robots. Like, yeah. So the people see that we're genuine. Like, we're young people just made a cool game, and you guys should definitely play it. If you're not, you're messing up. <laughs> and they are if they don't have it because it's actually really fun, and we're the fastest growing backyard game in the world right now, which yeah. is which is really cool to say. Yeah, we got to pick up a set and go to St. Pete Beach and yeah. run it up. Yeah. So I got a hard question for you. You have, I mean, if you invented the game, you got to be the best at it, right? Yes. <laughs> no, we played we played some crazy like professional volleyball athletes and we've gotten our ass whipped, like humbled. <laughs> really, really cool stuff. Like I would just invent new rules in the fly sort of <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like pros, like it's uh, like beer pong, you're like house rules, you're like, I made the game, house rules. <laughs> you can try that and they'll still kick your ass. Like, it's funny because like we didn't grow up playing volleyball, the founders. So like we're just like average we're good athletes, but like it's it's a different world when you have professionals going in there, just spiking that at your face. It's fun, um, but out of the founders, I like to say I'm the best. The Mike's pretty good too. I'll give him that. He beats me sometimes. Chris is the worst, absolute worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because a lot of my high school buddies ended up playing volleyball, and like they tried out as a joke as like freshmen, and by senior year they like made the state finals. So I'm kind of afraid to bring this, present this game to them because they all can jump ten feet in the air, and I'm like more of an IQ skilled sports player than an athletic <laughs> one. So. Talking about his IQ, <laughs> yeah, my sports IQ, my sports IQ on the court is what gets me competitive it's not the athleticism you know (laughs) smarts tony parker out there (laughs) yeah tony parker is disrespectful to tony parker (laughs) he's athletic (laughs) i'm I'm really interested to know like what it's like running a business with your brother and like how you're able to separate business and family and friendship like has that been a struggle i'm sure there's been tough conversations that have been had over the years like what's that like yeah i mean to be honest like it's been a blessing like i don't think we've had tough conversations like that we've been we're just like best friends and like we're, we're brothers at the end of the day. Same, yeah. same mom, same dad, right? So it's like, <laughs> it, it's been natural. Um, honestly, there's been no like major hiccups between us, uh, as un- unlikely as that usually is. I'm sure. Um, yeah, we we've been great. We have great chemistry. We always have. We're, we have the same you know same vision for everything we do. Um, and was he involved like, yeah. since day one? Like even on the first company? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He quit the first company on us, but yeah. <laughs> and he got a real job and started saving some real money. Um, so yeah, so it all worked out. Yeah, he's been he's been with us since CrossNet. Me, Mike, and Chris started CrossNet back wow. in 2017. Yeah, it's awesome. That's crazy, man. So us three, we all run an agency together. We all, you know, coexist within the same company. We all have our own responsibilities, and we're always big proponents of like find people that you get along with and you can start a business with because dividing and conquering is so much easier than one man shows. So talk to us about you know. How you and your brother and your other partner kind of split up responsibilities? Are you all dipping your hands in the same buckets, or are you all kind of like in your own lanes, running different parts of the business? Yeah. So, Mike's in his own lane with the product and operations, um, and then Chris is in his own lane with the marketing and sales. I'm in everyone's lane, um, <laughs> whether that's like 
calling a lawyer, um, working on marketing, posting on social media, uh, sitting in a pro product development meeting, um, things like that. So I'm, I'm hands on everything. And like, I guess the visionary um, with like where we want to go and, and, and keeping the train running. Uh, but totally blessed that we have a great team of like, we have a great CFO, Chris, Sander, like we have a great team of like everyone I can rely on and, and they all have their, their own jobs and they get it done. So like what inspired you to get into entrepreneurship in the first place? Cause like you mentioned, you guys are from Connecticut. You grew up on a farm basically. Like where did that come from? Did you guys have an entrepreneur that you looked up to a family member or something like that? Or did it just happen organically? Yeah, I think, um, Back in high school, my senior year, Chris was in uh, college. He was a sophomore in a, like a fraternity, and um, he got a job working for an Amazon Amazon dropshipping company. They were like the biggest at the time. They're called Portlight. Shout out Nate and Connor, um, are my first bosses, and they were like just like these wolves out there, man. Like just taking over Amazon, like just dropshipping things from Walmart to Amazon customers, making you know thirty percent margins, like crazy stuff. Um, and I got to list all the products and see everything, like. Mm -hmm. And I, that really like sparked me. Like I need, like I can do something in this space. And then eventually, one of my old friends hit me up. Let's do, like, let's do the Glunt Company. Got into social media, and it was just like hammering away. And like from that, it was like I'm in this lane. This is what I'm doing. I went to college. Um, I worked throughout every class in college. Didn't like didn't go to class or anything <laughs> like that. Um, eventually dropped out, and then just went full time into the entrepreneurship route. Uh, but I would say like getting it, dipping your toes in like a business like that at first. Um, definitely sparked the interest of just like staying on the entrepreneur journey. Yeah, I feel like I feel like most entrepreneurs reach that point in no return where you're like, all right, I don't I don't care. I'm pot committed. I'm never not doing this again. What was that point for you where I was like, OK, I'm, there's no other route for me. I'm just going to keep starting more brands and this is going to work out. Well, I think when we we set up the cross net in the backyard for the first time, we're like, wow, this is like this is it. Like we're going to like we were so confident, like me, Mike and Chris, like super confident like this was going to work. Like no, like no second guesses, no regrets or anything like that. I know you don't drink, but that's like such a drunk idea. Like, boys, we should invent this. And it's like, yeah, and then you wake up and you all do it. Um, so that was Crossnet wasn't your first ecom experience, right? No. Was Glunt beforehand? Glunt, yeah. Okay, let's talk about that because I think that's a super fascinating. Like, I've heard of it way before I ever met you. He's a big um, pothead, so yeah, I'm not any no. retired. Um, yeah, I was uh, had my it's for tobacco dabbled only. in college, but no. Um, so just talk me through like. First of all, you don't smoke, so that's pretty crazy. Um, number two, like, where did you? You said you found it on Alibaba, and you kind of just repurposed it into your own product and started selling it. Like, how did that whole thing? Come yeah, about? exactly. We found Alibaba, make like put our logos on it, and shifted some things around. I forgot it was a long time ago, um, but got into that. Started doing the Twitter stuff, like the meme pages. Instagram was popping back then, and like the algorithm was crazy. Like, we could buy a, a shout out from a, a, an influencer, right, yeah. and like make like forty grand, like. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, <laughs> so we scaled that like the first two years, a few million. Um, and then uh, then we kind of like lost focus on it. We didn't have the passion for it. Um, my partner went to Jamaica. I went to, uh, I started CrossNet, right? And uh, way more fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a, a lesson you can learn from here is like, I, I should have sold the business and I didn't. And that was like my biggest mistake as an entrepreneur so far is not did selling. You get, did you get offers for it? Um, I, back in the day, I'm sure people reached out to us. Yeah, but I was just like too young and naive. Um, to like even think about that because I was making cash flow, and then that's tough. That's yeah. tough because I feel like you're gonna face that same like opportunity you might have already have with Crossnet. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like, how do you bring that lesson into Crossnet, which you seem way more passionate about? Yeah, I mean, I, different different companies, uh, different times in my life, right? I, I think with Crossnet, like if that story is ever gonna end, it's gonna end on a on a when the business is super healthy and everything's like 
has forward momentum. And I know I'm passing it off to like the right person. Mm. Um, we've yes, we've entertained offers and we've got a lot of people out there copying us and stuff like that. Um, it's it's not easy to, to let your baby go though. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. That's why I'm, like you have like a whole different. I feel like POV on CrossNet. Like you don't want to let go of that one. Where the other one, you kind of lost interest, and it is what it is. But I guess the competition piece is super interesting too, because like getting into e-commerce, there's lots of competition between all types of products. CrossNet obviously was like an innovation from the ground up. So like, what are the important things to consider when you have something that is unique early on? Like, what's the right move? Do you get a patent? Like, what? Like, what are the steps you'd recommend? Yeah, it's a good question. People ask me that now. It's like, do I? Do you get a patent, Greg? And <laughs> I, I think it depends on the product. Um, if it's if you're not confident in that patent, do not get that patent. I would say, um, if you have like a high tech prop uh, product, like you're making some tech product, like my friend's making one now for like a dog company, and he's got patents, and it's like you need to get those. Mm. You cannot get ripped off. Um, but like for like CrossNet, if I can go back, like probably want to get a patent um, because we've had numerous knockoffs just take you know we've seen our amazon market share just like literally get taken over like 60 70 percent at points wow. and we're just losing millions of dollars um and you can't do anything because they they go around the patent or you know you just don't have money to fight with these big dogs and like you're not supposed to be like going out of your way to like do legal stuff like i'm supposed to be selling cross nets yeah and that's my focus so going down the, that rabbit hole and like doing all the legal lawsuit stuff is like nightmare yeah, I feel like it's not even worth it at some point. Like, if you're in a lawsuit with, like, Amazon or Target, like, you might win, but you will also burn an entire year where you could be building the business and making the product better, whatever, right? Yeah, it's a huge risk to even go down that route, too, so. They're it, just going to wait you out. They'll just keep kicking the can. and <laughs> Exactly. And they have way more money than us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And they also have the best lawyers. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough uh, thing to do when you're starting a business. It's like, you have to definitely get your trademarks, get your websites in all these countries. We've gotten, like, jacked and like crossing the eu some dude's trying to hold us hostage you're like dude we're just like make a different <laughs> url it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day um but yeah we've definitely faced some crazy like ip stuff <laughs> yeah so let's talk about competition for a little bit what's your guys thought process on do i attack the competitors straight up do i not give them any traffic and just not mention them at all like how do you is it like on a case-by-case -case basis how do you guys deal with that yeah we just don't give them attention you never want to just like give your give your competition attention at all at the end of the day, we have the better. We do have the better product. Like physically, it's like a better material. It's like they would never try to come at our price point at 150 because they would lose every time. Because if you see CrossNet in the wild, you saw a CrossNet or you saw an ad, you know it's CrossNet. So what a lot of people do is they see a Facebook ad, like the typical mom. She'll like see a Facebook ad and then she'll go on Amazon to price check it and she'll type and she'll maybe she'll forget what she just saw and she'll type in four-way volleyball net and then the competition pops up on Amazon next to ours and it's like you know, $20 cheaper, $50 cheaper at some points. Um, but they get a shitty product, which, yeah. which hurts me because I know they're actually like some of those products break. Like I've had calls and people be like, yo, your product broke. They send me a photo and it's like a knockoff from like oh, Franklin yeah. sports. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like you gotta buy the real stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I just want to go more into like e-com in general, because it's really fascinating to me. Like a lot of our clients are, you know, Clavio agencies, TikTok ads, agencies, UGC guys, Google ads, like, there's such a massive, massive like ecosystem of e-com brands, e-com customers, e-com service providers, like all all these softwares like Triple Whale. Like, where do you see the future of e-commerce going? Because I feel like at this point, it's just so massive with so many brands out there um, that it's unlike any anything anyone could have ever pictured a couple of years ago. So, do you think e-com is going to continue to rise, or do you think there's going to be a point where there's just so many brands out there 
it's hard to like make your mark. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I have the answer. I think we'll see if I'm right. Um, a lot of the brands that are starting, they're they're gonna fall off, and like you're gonna only succeed if you like really have like this this community behind you, or you have like an influencer uh, backed brand, like what we did with Danny. So there's like two different routes. Like if you have a loyal fan base and, and you can keep your LTV alive and like things like that. But if you just have like the basic brand and you're just running Facebook ads, TikTok ads, like I don't think you're gonna survive for long because these things change every day we see. Um, TikTok used to be great for us and then it just died one day. Um, it's picking back up I think now, but some brands you know, face that every day and they don't have retail, they don't have an influencer, they don't have a community to call, you know, call on. So they'll see, they'll see the real struggles coming up before you can just run ads and just make cake. Like, that's not the case anymore, especially with like the iOS updates and stuff. Yeah, it's way tougher now. I'm interested, like, your perspective on building a community. Like, what does that actually look like in the real world? Is it like going to retailers and setting up like pop ups, like what Logan Paul and KSI are doing? I feel like that's really working for them, like doing events and like going to the actual retailers. Same with like Happy Dad, Nelk. Like, those are a massive hit. Like, they do. Uh, like launch parties at the stores like what does that look like for you yeah that's that's more like the the influencer side of things like with danny so like when we get into like a big retail store like danny's gonna show up and be like hey meet and greet for like smash Net, our, our main sick. our yeah, lead game and, and then we'll have a thousand people show up and they'll sign the smash Net or whatever um we'll do that those are like activations retail activations which like you can do for retailers some some of them not all of them um for community like to answer your question about community is like can i call on you know, 10,000 people at once to come out to St. Pete Beach and come play CrossNet with us. Right now, I could probably get like eight people, <laughs> maybe 20 people. We'll be there. We'd show up. Yeah, you guys are <laughs> 23. Um, but I want like 2,000, right? Mm. So at the end of the day, like you need to have like a strong community that you can call on. Whether it's, you know, I've, I've seen crazy brands out there like uh, my buddy Brock who does uh, Frost Buddy, the, the, uh, the beverage company, that, like the, the cans, you put your cans in it and it's like keeps it cold and hot. Um, he's got a crazy like Facebook community which is like really cool to try to replicate. Um, different products though, it's tough. That's interesting. For a product like that, it's got a massive community. Yeah, it's awesome. There's a bunch of other brands out there too that you see like, I think like Athletic Greens has a bunch. Oh yeah, um, Athletic Greens. They got the Rogan sponsorship. Yeah, they got, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. But there's yeah. a bunch of good communities out there if you like search and like get, like even in the Twitter network that you can, you can find them. Um, yeah, it's so hard to put like a value on community because like for Klein Ascension, yeah, we have all this content and these coaches, but I think the biggest value add and the biggest benefit is just the community, right? Like you can wake up and post in one of our Slack chats and just get responses from a bunch of people and connect with people, make friends. And I just feel like that's so slept on. Um, so I, I know you kind of mentioned it, but like, where do you see CrossNet's community in, in three to five years from now? Like, what's the, the vision behind that? Yeah, I see it built out and we're able to like call on like tournaments and like pop up tournaments and hey, we're in Austin. Let's get 50 people out here and let's, let's do a tournament for, you know, a thousand bucks. Um, and then having people do it for us, right? Licensing our, our brand, um, getting on more like ESPN TV shows. That's, that's probably like in the five year vision. One of like the larger trends I've noticed in e-com, which I think is going to stay, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on this, is like influencer-driven brands, where that connection is already, you know, with Logan Paul and KSI, so people are going to drink Prime, with the Nelk Boys, so they're going to drink Happy Dad. Now you guys are doing the same thing with Danny. I think it's a great play because the trust is already there, like the community is already pre-built. How do you get in touch with a guy like Danny, and like, <laughs> how does that work exactly? Yeah, so we were actually trying to get Danny to do a. Uh a video for CrossNet one day, um, our intern at CrossNet, he's like, oh, I love Danny Duncan. Let me let me send him a CrossNet and reach out to him. He reached out to his manager. His manager, Stefan, reached back out. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, we'll do a video. Danny likes the product, so we'll do it. It's like, uh, I think he said 50, 70 grand or something like that. And we're like, whoa, like, <laughs> no, maybe like 20. We'll take a risk, 20 bucks, uh, 20,000. Uh, he's like, fuck no. Uh, <laughs> so so we, we ended up, uh, Chris ended up uh, connecting with him on like LinkedIn or something like that, texting. Um, Danny sent him a care package of all the stuff. Uh, we ended up meeting up at him at his Los Angeles house. And we're like, yo, let's just like, um, we were brainstorming ideas. He's like, let's just make a company together. Like, you guys have all these ideas. I'm like a crazy YouTuber. I do like sports and all my videos. Let me just sell them. Like, let's sell them together. So we came up with some ideas and uh, we've launched Smashnip, Backyard Punk, Bubble Bash so far. And we have a list of, you know, a bunch of products we want to drop this year, next year, all different seasons, indoor, outdoor. Um, yeah, but that's how the relationship yeah, that's started. Exciting. That's yeah. got to fire you up as somebody who's like originally, like you said, kind of like an inventor. Like it's almost like the possibilities are endless. Yeah, he's super down. He's like down to earth, chill guy. Like you know, he's very cautious about what he puts in the videos. So if you watch, like he doesn't do like those ads. Yeah. Uh, no Mr. Beast ads or anything like that. So like it's really cool that like he wants to do this with us and we've had a great relationship so far and we're excited for like retail. And yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I feel like your guys' uh, dream product appearance would be in like a Dude Perfect video. <laughs> Dude Perfect. <laughs> Dude, those guys are massive. Yeah. It's just so crazy. How do you how do you manage like running both those companies down and like avoiding conflicts of interest as well? Yeah, avoiding conflicts of interest is the hardest part because they're separate entities. Um, very difficult. Like, not gonna lie. Like, that's that's been in, like a nightmare in the back end of stuff. Um, but as far as like operating, like you're pretty much operating like the same business, just different content, right? Like, we know what we have to do for content. We know what we have to do for product development. Like we just need, it's just a different skew essentially. Yeah. So it's pretty simple. Yeah. Like it's not hard to like transition back and forth during the day. It's a lot of the same stuff. Same stuff. And then we have the same team pretty much. So it's like, that's cool. So we just have to like s switch Slack channels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what you guys use? Like how is it running like a remote team and working with Danny? He lives in LA full time or no, he's, he's, he lives in Inglewood and then he lives in LA. He's okay. Okay. Too. Okay. So yeah. Well, like, I guess what's that like running a remote team for a business that is primarily like a physical product, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it has its challenges. Um, like I said, like before, we had like 20 plus employees and like at the end of the day, like they're not working eight hours a day because like some <laughs> days I don't work eight hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not working eight hours. We don't have proper management. Some of our guys are good at managing, but at the end of the day, like you, we have a core team and like we all have our jobs and we know what we need to do. Um, ideally, it, it would be nice to have like more offsites and like get in person. Like in the perfect world, we'd, you know, all be together working every day yeah. close to like you guys are. Yep. So I want to talk about something like a pretty interesting concept, right? Because I saw a tweet one day and some guys like no dopamine hit is as good as that first Shopify sale, that first <laughs> dollar you make from like completely a random customer. So like for nowadays for you, like, I don't know if you feel the same way about that, but like, you know, you have a X amount of dollar revenue day. Five years ago, that would have made you the happiest guy on earth. And now you're just like, oh, it's another day. So like, what is the, um, what, it, you know, what would be something that would excite you at this stage of the game? Like, is it a major partnership? Is it teaming up with an influencer? Is it... I don't know, getting a, a shout out on ESPN or Dude Perfect, like what moves the needle for you in terms of like excitement and getting you pumped up? <laughs> yeah, I think just making like good relationships with like top tier people, whether that's a retailer, um, like a, a House of Highlights or, you know, a pickleball.com, right? Like yeah. these things that we want to get on um, that are untouched for us. So we, we've scraped the surface with like ESPNs and all that. Um, those are cool. We get on that once in a while, but like getting like a retail order from like, a new customer, right? Or even getting a retail order from, you know, Dick's Sporting Goods again, and it's, it, the order is 20% bigger. Like, that is, like, a major accomplishment. Like, companies don't get that. Um, that's just an example, but, like, that happens with us, and, like, 
Academy Sports, like these big retailers that some people don't even know about. Um, it's so hard to maintain like maintain healthy levels and you know even increase them in, in, from one to two years. So was that first like big retail order the moment where you were like, holy shit, like this is we did it, like we're you know really onto something here and this is going to be a movement? Yeah, yeah, definitely. When we so we first got into Shields out in the on the west, like Utah. So we went, we flew up to Utah. Sandy Shields was the first store across that was ever in. They took us like. Our box was so ass. Like, <laughs> like I think my mom designed that shit probably. But uh, it was so bad. And, like, I was so embarrassed it was in the store. Like, so we, we hit the stores and we, we went to visit and we're like, yeah, we took a video. We're in CrossNet. We're in, we're in Shields, CrossNet's in Shields. We had, like, 10 units there at, like, four different stores. Um, they took a chance on us. And then uh, we went to the store and uh, we were all excited. And then after, it was like, yo, we need to change this box ASAP. Like, what are we doing? So, like, kind of, that was, like, awesome and then at the same time we're like yo we need like we need to wake up though like we're not gonna stay in the store if that box is looking like that so you have to make changes when you get into these stores too like retail displays and like what can you do to like keep sell through going and eventually one day shields called us after like we probably running ads all summer shields calls chris out of the blue it's like hey we need to like reorder you guys just sold out of like all your stores i don't know what happened um and like Utah goes crazy for CrossNet. Everyone in Utah knows what a CrossNet is and plays it. You go to Utah, it's like freaking Justin Bieber. It's awesome. Um, but it's cool. It's really cool. And uh, Utah shows a lot of love. And Shields was our first store. So always shout out to Shields. Dude, that's a cool origin story. Utah is pretty dope. We were there. Yeah, we went. What was that? We escaped when there was like supposed to be a big hurricane here. We kind of like pussied out. Cause and ironically, we went to, to Vegas. Well, Hurricane Utah. We oh yeah, to, uh, and I went into the hurricane. the hurricane. <laughs> so I went to Charleston, South Carolina, and then the hurricane followed me up the coast, and I had to evade it on the way back. So that was fun. It's a beautiful place. That was a low IQ move. Yeah. Should it? Well, you did come to no, Vegas. The, the thrill of it was sick. I like went on Apple Maps, and I like saw which town wasn't going to get rain. Storm like, chasing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The opposite. The opposite. Uh, it sounds like you travel a lot, though. Is that like a big part of like your life and what you ideal lifestyle? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's ideal, but I think, like, once you get to this point, like, uh, since I started traveling a lot, and I have, like, these travel pages where I, like, travel for free. Um, oh, that's dope. So I get hotels for free, and, like, it's hard to say no. Put us on, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, talk about that. So you like, just have, like, theme pages and stuff? Yeah, theme pages. And, like, you just reach out to hotels, and, you like, you make content. And my girlfriend makes content. She's great at it. And uh, we take cool videos, and we get to stay for, like, three nights, five nights, and, you know, whether it's Greece or... Oregon or wherever you name it, Dubai, Utah. Um, so we get to travel a lot for free that way too, which is great and it saves me cost. Um, but I think at this point it's like adrenaline, like it keeps me inspired. Um, yeah. And I think that's like it's like science. Like if you like you're on the airplane, you're in the shower, you think the most, and mm. that's where you brainstorm the most. And like so, if you keep traveling, it's the same thing for traveling. So if you travel, that's where I get inspired. Um, but it is also nice, you know, having. Dude, those, those notes on the airplane hit different. They do. They really do. Like, actually, it's, a, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. The offline Google Docs? No, no, like just the iPhone the notes, the notes, notes, app, notes bro. dude. It's oh, crazy. Notes on the plane? Yeah. Dude, online. it's yeah. actually crazy. Like, yeah. I'll go and just start scrolling through. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm yeah. a genius. I think I've had, like, four product ideas from the shower alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, where's, like, where's been, like, the coolest place to travel to recently? Recently, uh, my brother just got married in Italy in the Malfi Coast, which is That's amazing. Like, beautiful. We rented, <laughs> yeah. we rented out a village in Ravello, and uh, well, he did, <laughs> not me. And uh, we had like a hundred people there, and it was just like, a lot to live up to. Was, <laughs> Where yeah. are you gonna do your wedding? Oh, backyard, man. <laughs> yeah, something backyard. easy. Um, yeah, that's backwards that was, of Utah. With a cross net. I'm down. Um, yeah, that was the coolest place I've been recently. Um, but yeah, I've been all over. I would recommend Iceland. That's really cool for like two, three days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Costa Rica and like Belize, that area too. I'm like going to Costa Rica in April. I'm oh, pumped. Go caving. 
Oh, I love, I love my going caving. Lives there, so I'm just letting oh, her my travel go caving. Yeah, I go caving with headlamps and like you, you fit between like the, the oh, small crevices. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> claustrophobic, dude. It's no, a life changing experience. Dude, I did that I in Lebanon. Sure. And it was not safe at all. No, <laughs> there was no way that was safe. Nothing there is safe, but like especially caving. Yeah, it's like. So talk more about the travel pages. Is this like something you've just had for years? Yeah, like I, how do you build yeah, that up? Yeah, so uh, you guys know Joel actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like he had a, a, a page called At Planet, right? And then we bought at Earths from someone, and then we have like all these. And I dude, do you know Anthony Santiago? No, uh, no, no. It was Eric Damier. Eric Damier was another one. There, we we're pretty tied in with a lot of these guys. That yeah, did if similar I see stuff. If I see him, maybe. Yeah. So we have a little, we have a, a network of like a million followers, two million followers, whatever it is. Um, but it's only on Instagram right now, and we all do know you how keep that's that going. up with. Crossnet too. Oh, I like, just have VA's post on it. Oh shit! Yeah, you just yeah. like pull content from other places. Yeah, we just yeah, just swap. You just there's a bunch of like there's like a hundred like pages you can just copy. We from. had a friend that worked for Gary V, and part of like Gary V's uh, businesses is like he's got a media company, and the media company owned a bunch of theme pages on Instagram, and we were just like going around New York City with one of the food accounts. And we'd like go to the nicest restaurants and just show like the manager, and they'd just like treat you like a kid. Dude, we had a food account. Um, oh my god! In Miami it's when we first moved there, we would get breakfast, lunch, and dinner for free every day. We gotta grow a TikTok, bro. That's bro, awesome. it's we need free nuts. meals. Yeah, get a TikTok and buy a TikTok and just change the name or do something. That might be good investment. Dude, just shout out. Free we meals. talked to Sam Heedy. Shout out a client ascension student, but he helps. He gets massive retainers for restaurants to run their TikTok for them. Really? Sure, you help us. That's really page. sick. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely. Be a high IQ play just to get free dinner. Bro, it's crazy. We've we've had thousand dollar bills in Aspen, like you name it, like crazy places, like meat market, just like like bringing bottles out, like <laughs> nuts stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, Shit, you got to make sure you, you have someone that can actually take content. You know, it's like what was the pitch up. at meat market? Just like hey, I'll pull oh, up. dude, you just mass DM. You have VAs DM people. Like hey, we're, we're we live in Miami. We'd, We'd love, love to come. feature your restaurant on our page. It's That's like it. like what is the content? Like the steak coming out all sizzly. Oh, yeah, stuff? yeah, exactly. Dude. Exactly. <laughs> it's so simple. It it's already so looks easy. good. You're gonna take the video anyways. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna take the video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this guy every time yeah. food comes out, he's yeah. already phony, doing the work. Phony tours, dude. Yeah, but it was actually getting to a point where it was like it was like a job because like yeah. you'd have to keep up and like you'd have appointments for restaurants. And then we did that for like a year straight. Oh, like, I gotta go like dinner again for free tonight. Come <laughs> on, dude! Six of us in Miami. It was it was crazy. Uh, yeah, that slowed down though. And we eventually changed it to like uh, planet, like travel pages instead, which is like more, you know. What is that energy. domain worth? Like at Planet on Instagram? That's probably like a ten thousand dollars. Probably ten. It's probably ten grand now. Jeez. Probably it used to probably be way more yeah. back in the day. Probably like forty k, fifty k, but like. Instagram sucks now. Discovery <laughs> channels like who the I fuck feel like is this the, Greg Mead Like guy? the biggest hack in social media is just like come up with a theme page like basketball dunks, then just like sh- post old videos that yeah. like you didn't even touch. Yeah, videos. we have a bunch of pages um, owned by like Good Sport and Crossnet, uh, like 40, 30 pages. They're all just sports pages, and uh, we just get post our content on it. Uh, yeah, it's here and there, smart. just to keep the momentum going. Uh, but it's it's tough to do that too because you have to hire VAs, and then like I can only say it so many times. Instagram sucks now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's like the platform you're spending more time on now? Would you say? <sighs> Good question. Uh, just running meta ads, I guess, is like a real focus, mm. and like optimizing for like different countries. Like we're in Australia now, which is like really cool, and it crushed for us in the winter because it's their summer, and it's their Christmas, mm. so it's like double holiday, same time. Australia, our H2O version, our pool vault model, could not stay in stock. Sold out in Australia, wow. um, so we're so excited for that. Like to scale again next year and like well this year too but um now we have focus on like different channels and stuff and like we're in europe uh, so one thing we heard non-stop because we work with a lot of e-commerce service providers like clavio agencies 
influencer marketing agencies was about the iOS 14, I believe it was, update. How big of an impact did that actually have? It was big. Uh, yeah, overnight changed our ads and we started losing money, I think. Um, and then we had to make some changes and then eventually we, we started tweaking our content, um, got some new people in-house, new agencies and stuff like that. And it, it still, it's still impacting everyone's business. With, I guess, worse tracking is it just a matter of doubling down on better creative or i don't i don't think anyone has an answer um but for us what we found is like we try to like run a lot of tests on our content and figure out what is best right and then what can we do to improve that same content how can we make the same content look similar can we you know can me and chris talk in a video before that content comes on things of that nature um yeah it's it's challenging and was it something where like you cognitively were like okay we need to put less of our eggs in this basket and focus more on email marketing and focus more on, you know, getting this in the hands of influencers. Absolutely. Or? Absolutely. And then I think once, once that happened is like, Hey, what's, we, we can't put our eggs in all the, in this basket, right? Like we can't put all of our eggs there. Um, we have retail to focus on. How can we grow our accounts that we currently have? How can we get more accounts? Right? Like I have a lead list right now. Like every day I still LinkedIn DM people from different countries, different, you know, tennis stores now. Cause we have pickleball coming out, Australia pool stores, just making connections that way. Um, going back to the community, which we had a community to really fall back on, so we're going to try to grow that out this year too. You um, said you have pickleball coming out. Pickleball, four square pickleball, and it's four square pickleball. That sick. Oh, damn. dude, that it's the most it's the most fun crossing game I think. Um, I'm, I could be biased because I'm sick of the volleyball That's version. Pop off. But dude, it's fun. Have you guys played pickleball? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, it's just kitchen based though, so you can't spike it. So you I have to you. let it bounce, and every shot is just like strategy. It's and, like and finesse. It's finesse. Every That's shot. It's like four square where like it's you four just square. advance up to you, the... You play the same rules as cross net, and yeah. you know, you know, four squares, and then if you mess up, you go to the back of the line, you play to 11. That's my cool. two. And it's actually, it helps you. Like, it practices, like, your kitchen So shots. you can only score if you're in the king spot. Only like score in the king spot, yeah. spot, yeah. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the rules, so if you guys <laughs> <laughs> I think that's interesting, though, because, like... When you build an e-commerce product, like having a complimentary like accessory to go with it, like classic example of like a shaver with razors, yep. like you buy a shaver once, but you buy razors like every single week. It's kind of like pickleball paddles as opposed to like volleyball. You're just playing with your hands. That's true. Like, is that part of the strategy as well? Yeah. Would you say like tennis rackets, right? Like nobody just has one tennis racket if they're playing tennis. They're exactly. always buying the new ones, the best ones. Yeah, you need the best ones. And bro. you need four <laughs> for CrossNet. So yeah. it's good. Yeah, we launched the pickleball paddles actually like There's last four, month. There's four, yeah. yeah. No, that's, we that's, launched like two two nice paddles last month. They're doing okay. And then uh, the, there's four paddles that come with the set too, which comes out in like 15 days. That's exciting. Like, we'll find out when it launches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your take on getting the brand built up well i know you don't really like posting on social but like having the founders have their own personal brand behind the actual brand itself like oh i think it's super important um chris has been like a great chris has done a great job of doing that the last uh two years and just building up his community um like he's, he has a dinner tomorrow in austin we're going to and like he's hosting it with his friend aaron from hush um so it's very it helps us big time and we have like the 30 under 30 title on LinkedIn and like we just abuse it because like people, <laughs> people respond to that. Um, so it's great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super important to grow your network out. Like I regret not building it out like 10 years ago when I first started. Yeah. So like that's, that's a big mistake. Um, I try to post now and, and get active and do podcasts and stuff. Um, but it's like, it's very important, especially nowadays. You need like a lot of founders are growing their brands through themselves rather than the product. Yep. Agreed 100%. So what I want to leave off on personally is, you know, we're all we're all young and everyone's always in a rush and in a hurry to get big and as Gary Vee said, like you're young as fuck, you gotta be patient. Like what's your take on um 
working hard and trying to move quickly and you know become successful but also realizing that you know we're all still young we got a long way ahead of us um just staying persistent and realizing that it'll pay off if you just stay with it yeah no that's 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 fact though if you if you just stay persistent and like like everyone says like oh if you just keep posting posting like you'll do good it's like it, actually that's true if you keep posting if you keep like grinding on your business uh, it's gonna pay off and i would recommend like if you have a profitable business and you know you're your time's done with it, you think? Like mentally, like sell it and then go on to the next thing and keep growing that way. Um, but if you have a business, like a legacy business that like, for like, like CrossNet, we think CrossNet can last for hundreds of years and like our kids, kids, kids are playing it right in their backyard when they come home from school. Um, that's, that's the mission for, for us. Super powerful. Damn. That'd be so dope. Like 200 years from now, people are just playing CrossNet. Yeah. In like the metaverse or some shit. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not the Yeah, metaverse. wait, when's the metaverse product coming out? Dude, I don't know if we'd, we'd launch that. Like, I'm so sick of the phones <laughs> and like the yeah. computers, bro. Like, I like, that's the big thing that like just like kills me at the end of the day. Like, I talk to my girlfriend all day. I'm like, let's put down the phones. Like, like you sleep next to the phone, right? Like, you wake up, you check your phone because yeah. you're in a panic. And it's like, that's, that's why I love playing stuff like basketball CrossNet. You're just like, you're Dude. not. I feel like the only reason you're so glued to your phone is because it's a natural reaction. But if you're distracted by swinging a golf club or shooting a basketball, like you're not, you could go four hours without checking your phone. And it just feels you're in your zone. And yeah, like, that's how it was when we were kids. And like, the kids aren't feeling that anymore. Like they're going to their phones and on TikTok rather than going home and playing basketball two v two versus their friends in the yard driveway. You know, until there's a fist fight. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's nuts to think about that. Right like, time. Twenty five years from now, that'll probably be your number one competitor. Like you guys are gonna beat off. Or be <laughs> pause, pause, yeah. Mr. Oh, Producer. Wow. You may have to edit the that. end of the podcast. I mean, it's, it's just it's shit it's like been that. a long day, guys. <laughs> but you guys beat out every physical cross net competitor, and now like your number one competitor is like somebody who just has like a cross net VR game where it's just inside of a headset. Yeah, I, hopefully we make it and we don't get ripped off from that one. But uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 the reality of what it's going to for everyone, it's, right? Like it's such a two-sided sword though because we social media is what drives so many sales and yeah it's it is but like also like we'd survive i'm confident we'd survive without the internet so if you have a business like ask yourself that would you survive without the internet yes or no and like if it's no like make make some changes (laughs) damn right we need email bro (laughs) you need to like buy a property in utah and just bring out all of client attention there (laughs) it's crazy to think about though like Cause that that all can get you know TikTok can get banned tomorrow, right? Like yeah. things like that um, change. I feel everything. like that's why the community aspect is so important. Yeah, it is. Cause like you're talking even about ads and like the iOS changes. Like if Facebook ads screw up, then and if that's like the crux, you're screwed. But I feel like if you own the audience, right? It's kind of like the the theme is like owning the audience or the community. You can always have like that direct line of communication with them, and it doesn't really change for you. Yeah, which is not easy though, because you got to build trust, you got to have a good product, you got to be good people. Yeah, the product has to be good at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. can't product be selling shit. Good. A lot of these companies are selling like dirt, like Mr. Beast. And stuff. Like, <laughs> have, you tra- have you tried that? The the Feasible? yeah, no, the burgers. Oh, well, I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, yeah it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, that was want to get him on. He was just doing. He's gonna come on here because now he heard that he's gonna prove that it is. We had that early when he was just doing like the ghost kitchens. Now he actually has like physical. Oh yeah, I think that's where he messed up. He did the ghost kitchens. I don't. I mean, it's really messed up. Smart during COVID though. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you got media distribution throughout the whole entire United States. Oh, one question that I wanted to ask: Would you guys ever open up your own retail store? Like the more you roll out your product line, like (sighs) that's sick. That's a good question. I think um, maybe in like five years when we have hundreds of products. Yeah. um, Who knows? 
Maybe. We'll see how retail Could is, be right? Interesting. Yeah. All the retail stores might be closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they might not true. exist anymore. <laughs> so we'll see. That'll be really cool. I mean, when we first started, like, the good sport, I had, like, visions of, like, opening, like, like these sports bars where, like, it's, like, a good sport bar and, like... Like <laughs> top golf kind of concept? Bar. Yeah, or something like that. Open, like, a trampoline park and just have all your games, games everywhere. Yeah. I feel like... What like about trampoline cross net? Is that a, could that be a thing? Actually, someone actually pitched us that before, yeah. <laughs> Four square on the trampoline. I said Dude, that's that probably be... very dangerous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we'll have to look at that and but a lot get, of fun. get some insurance. I feel like those top golf concepts, like the Tiger Woods got like the putt putt one. Yeah, like yeah. The, people love those because you could grow, go to the bar, yeah. eat. It's kind of just like a place to hang out, and you have like the sport. That, aspect that's what I would well. love in the future, and like sell like milkshakes and not like always alcohol because like Dan, <laughs> Danny doesn't drink either. Danny doesn't drink or smoke. Uh, so I don't about milkshakes, bro? You want people throwing up? Hell everywhere? yeah! <laughs> I grew up drinking chocolate milkshakes and just playing sports. So <laughs> if I can live that out, like that'd be great. Yeah. That's dope, bro. I guess what would you leave the audience with uh, if they're looking to get into entrepreneurship? Or let's just say more specifically e-commerce because that's the unique angle I think we can take here. Let me think about this for a second. So someone wants to get into e-commerce, make sure you have a good partner to rely on. Um, make sure you're, you're making the right moves in the beginning and and you may not know what those right moves are until you like you, you run into those challenges. So talk to people that are you know professionals have been through this, um, and make sure you you know you have cash in the bank and you, you have a runway and you're not you know selling equity, or you you know you sell equity and you get you get cash and you know you make sure you have a good game plan um, and scale it that way. But you don't want to run into you know problems with cash in the in the first few years, or you're gonna you know bite yourself in the ass and. You won't have a business. Yeah. Actually, last question that's super, like, time relevant, too, is, like, with the looming recession and just the way the economy is going, how has that, like, impacted the business and what changes have you made as a result? Yeah, that's a great question. Like, very important question because our crossnet was $150, like, until now, and we're changing the price to 99 Oh, wow. Um, so this is going to clear out all their um, all the copycats that at the $99 price point. We're going to get 100% market share back. It's probably a move we should have done regardless of recession or not, um, but it's going to help in all factors. We're going to get our market share back. More, we're going to sell more units. Um, retailers will be happier. Um, just, it's a, it's a win. Um, we're confident in it. We we did the math, and if we sell, we'll sell more than we would have at the hundred fifty dollar price point. Uh, so we're excited to introduce that. In this recession, we're going through. Um, people, you know, they don't have money for food, let alone four square volleyball nets. So it's like, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We've dude. been impacted for sure. Well, lots of cool insights, unique, uh, especially because we don't know a lot of guys that have like some of the biggest e-commerce brands online or the biggest travel theme pages. So we appreciate you sharing all that wisdom and just vibing with us and having to deal with his really, yeah. uh, really oh, immature comments. Being off but. the competition. <laughs> Dude, no, you, no, the one thing you guys, you ever listen to part of my take? Yeah, yeah. Dude, you got to get an ad on there one day. That'd be so lit. That'd be fun. We did a, we did a Barstool ad one time. Really? Flopped. Oh, Jesus. Flop. Yeah. All these guys want to do is drink beer. That's well, probably 62 why. Well, 62-year-old moms aren't listening to Barstool, so yeah, exactly. you know your audience. Yeah. But uh, last question is, where can our audience find you, follow you, and learn more about everything you guys are working on and coming out with? Yeah, you can buy a Crossnet at crossnetgame.com. You can buy one of our good sport products at playgoodsport.com. You can follow me on Instagram, socials at woeismead. Like woe is me, but with my last name. <laughs> <laughs> That's W-O-E-I-S. Check the show notes. Links will be there. Right there. Link All in right. the description. Like and subscribe. Good night. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Love you guys.